My name is Joe Hawkins, and this is the History of the Mormon Church and 50 Objects Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of History of the Mormon Church and 50 Objects. Today we're on episode 27 and now entering the Nauvoo era of the Mormon Church. But before we dig in too deep, I'd like to start off the episode today by talking about a backcountry farm boy. Now, this backcountry farm boy overcame his poor upbringing to rise up to an important office. He was living in Illinois in 1840. This man will eventually be assassinated for his views. Yes, I'm talking about Abraham Lincoln. Who did you think I was talking about? Oh, sounds a lot like Joseph Smith, doesn't it? In the year 1840 in Illinois, Abraham Lincoln was a young politician sowing his political oats. He was serving in the Illinois House of Representatives when the Mormons were building their foundations in Nauvoo. Now, Abraham Lincoln's life is well documented, and while I was preparing this podcast, I found a few interesting stories about our 16th president. First off, did you know that Abraham Lincoln is enshrined in the Wrestling Hall of Fame? It's true, the Great Emancipator was an accomplished wrestler. It turns out his long and lerpy limbs served him well as he'd only lost once in approximately 300 wrestling matches. His wrestling abilities earned him an outstanding American honor in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Next, On April 14, 1865, just as the Civil War was ending, Abraham Lincoln signed legislation creating the United States Secret Service. Unfortunately, the Secret Service, an American unit tasked with protecting the president, wasn't organized at signature as Lincoln would be assassinated that evening at Ford's Theater. However, the Secret Service would do its job while protecting him after death. In 1876, a gang of Chicago counterfeiters attempted to snatch Lincoln's body from his tomb. Their scheme was to hold the corpse as a ransom for $200,000 and obtain the release of the gang's best counterfeiter from prison. The Secret Service agents, however, infiltrated the gang and were lying wait to disrupt the operation, and they saved Abraham Lincoln's body. So, with all the interesting things that took place with Abraham Lincoln in life and after death, what overlap do we have with the Great Emancipator and the Mormons? In December of 1840, a city charter was presented before the Illinois House of Representatives. The city charter granted the newly founded city of Nauvoo liberties not often seen in other city charters of the day. However, Both the Illinois Whig and Democrat parties were courting the expanding Nauvoo population, and so after reading through the city charter, the great emancipator himself voted in favor of today's object. Abraham Lincoln even went as far as to go out of his way to congratulate the Mormons on the passage of the city charter. So what was the city charter that had the full support of Abraham Lincoln? Today's object is the Nauvoo Charter. So what is the Nauvoo Charter, and how did it come about? In the last episode, we discussed how Joseph Smith and Elias Higby went to Washington, D.C. to meet with the President of the United States and seek redress for the Missouri-Mormon conflict. Upon returning, one thing was clear. Joseph Smith knew the only thing that could possibly protect the Mormons was a firm understanding of the law. 
The city of Nauvoo had promise for the Mormons. It was right on the river to facilitate trade, but far enough into the wild and away from other cities to give the Mormons the seclusion and room for growth that they were looking for. However, what would stop future mobs from driving the Mormons out if they came into conflict again? To add to that, Missouri sheriffs were frequently showing up on the border, breathing threats about collecting the Mormons that had been involved in the Missouri conflict and taking them back to Missouri to face additional charges. Joseph Smith knew that they had to ensure Nauvoo had the power to stand on its own and protect the Mormons. Now, at this time in the early months of 1840, unlike the trip to Washington, D.C., Joseph Smith was finally writing in his journal. He would write that one of the things that pleased him was that more and more educated men were finally being baptized into the Mormon ranks. To this point, the Mormon ranks were filling up quickly with thousands of uneducated and lonely people. But in the spring of 1840, Joseph Smith received a letter from the Illinois State Militia Quartermaster himself named John C. Bennett. Bennett wrote the Mormon prophet to express his indignation at the injustices Missouri had inflicted upon the Mormons and offered his assistance. Bennett soon arrived in Nauvoo, heard the Mormon message about the gospel, and was baptized. Joseph Smith would see this as a great blessing to the Mormons in Nauvoo, as Bennett was already acquainted with Illinois governmental officials. The Mormons voted to place him on a committee to form the Nauvoo Charter. So, what is the Nauvoo Charter, you ask? The Nauvoo Charter was a written piece of legislation organized and lobbied for by John C. Bennett and the Mormons that was signed in the Illinois state law on December 16th of 1840 that granted corporate city status to Nauvoo and the Mormons. Now, Illinois in 1840 had hundreds of city settlements, but only the cities of Alton, Chicago, Quincy, and Springville shared such an official legal status. The Nauvoo Charter, in many ways, was very similar to the other charters granted to cities in Illinois. In fact, it copied a lot of the language. However, it varied in three major ways. Ways that would become issues of conflict in the future due to the rigorous ways the Mormons would use them. First off, the Nauvoo Charter granted the city of Nauvoo the right to form a university. Joseph Smith wanted the Mormons to be educated as he knew that their ignorance had shut doors in their faces in Missouri. A belief that all were to be educated was starkly opposite of the Illinois state educational system that stated the goal that one child in six should receive an education. The reason that only one child in six should be educated was that surviving on the land was too pressing to allow children the luxury of idle hours at school. The Mormons believed that all children and adults should receive an education. Second, the charter allowed the city of Nauvoo to form its own militia. Like I've mentioned, the Mormons were worried about mobs from Missouri, and so they were eager to form their own militia to ensure their protection. The Nauvoo militia would eventually grow to almost 3,000 active Mormon militiamen. That was quite a large collection of protectors when one considers that at the time the United States had a standing army of just 8,500 men. In 1843, just three years from being made an official city, the Mormons would petition Congress to allow Nauvoo to exist as a territory, effectively making it no longer a part of the United States. The petition, however, would be denied in part because the federal government was uncomfortable with the size and strength of the Nauvoo Legion in case of a conflict. Lastly, and probably most importantly, 
The Charter gave Nauvoo the right to pass ordinances that were not repugnant to the constitutions of the United States and Illinois, meaning the Mormons of Nauvoo could pass laws that would contradict Illinois law and push back against Missouri law. The Mormons felt that this would insulate themselves from what they saw as continuing harassment through vexatious lawsuits. The Nauvoo Charter would stop out-of-state marshals and lawmen from extraditing Mormon leaders from Illinois without a writ of habeas corpus. Thus, the Mormons would have a chance to plead their case before a Nauvoo judge before they could be taken out of the state. Now, this was a great idea to keep the Mormons safe, but it started to really catch the eye of Illinois politicians that worried that they'd allowed the Mormons to have a clause that allowed them to hide a Nauvoo and duck the law. In my opinion, after studying up on the other Illinois charters at this time, this seems kind of silly of the Illinois House, as other charters in Illinois had similar provisions. It's just that the Mormons held so strongly to it. In the end, the Nauvoo Charter was finally signed into law on December 16th of 1840, and for the first time in a decade, the Mormons now lawfully had a place where they felt safe, that they could gather and grow and live their lives as they saw fit. If you'll recall in episode 19 of this podcast, we discussed the growth of the Mormon church in Europe. This security provided by Nauvoo allowed Joseph Smith to feel secure enough to send the Quorum of Twelve Apostles on missions to Europe. The Quorum of the Twelve Apostles would have tremendous success in Europe. The Mormons in Europe would yearn to be with the Mormons in America and close to the Mormon prophet. This would begin the immigration of European Mormons to Nauvoo by the thousands. Okay, so just to catch up to where we are so far at this point in the podcast. When Joseph Smith founded the Mormon Church in 1830, just 10 years previous, there were only six members. Now, 10 years later, they had just over 16,000 members. This was outstanding growth in that period. With Joseph Smith sending the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles to serve missions in Europe, this would see the membership numbers explode even more. By 1836, the total number of Mormons globally would exceed 30,000, with enough in England for the Mormons to start the very first European newspaper called the Millennial Star. Just over 12,000 of those Mormons lived in Nauvoo, with more moving in every day. This made it so that Nauvoo rivaled Chicago as the largest cities in Illinois at the time. Think about that. Nauvoo, Illinois was almost bigger than the city of Chicago. Maybe if the Mormons would have stuck around long term and not left, and the city would have kept growing, Michael Jordan would have played for the Nauvoo Mosquitoes instead of the Chicago Bulls. But back to the podcast. So with the Nauvoo Charter established on February 3rd of 1841, John Bennett was elected as the first mayor of Nauvoo. The Nauvoo Legion was officially founded, and the University of the City of Nauvoo was also established. I find it kind of interesting that this Mormon settlement didn't choose Joseph Smith as their first mayor. Perhaps the Mormons really wanted the people in Illinois to see them as an up-and-coming city and not just a religious site. Now, where can you see a copy of the Nauvoo Charter? The original document has been lost to history, but copies and the verbiage are still available to us today. If you want to see a copy of the exact script, you can Google it and see it on the Joseph Smith Papers website. Now, thanks to the Nauvoo Charter, the Mormons finally settled into their own city outside of Missouri. The Mormons can now focus on church growth and doctrine. We'll now see the emergence of some of the most influential teachings 
in Mormonism. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of History of the Mormon Church and 50 Objects, Episode 27, The Nauvoo Charter. If you have comments or questions, you can reach out to me directly at Joe, H-O-M-C, History of Mormon Church at gmail.com. Also, if you have recommended objects that you'd like to see if are going to be on my list, feel free to reach out as well. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening.